welcome. You're listening to the Rookie Investor Podcast. Today's topic is a question that I get asked a lot. In fact, it's probably the most common question I get, and that is how to invest your first $1,000. I'm Phil, founder of Cheeky Investor. I've got Gareth here with me as always. Gareth, Mm. investing your first 1K, it's a bit of a milestone for people. Massive. It's actually the only reason I'm at this podcast. I'm not going to lie to you, Phil. Uh, I don't care about any other aspect of investing. (laughs) The most important thing to me is what do I do as my first sort of launch into the investing world? It is a massive milestone. And I think $1,000 is a nice number. It's what people should be working towards when they want to invest because it's 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 enough to make a bit of a difference. If you play it right, you can make a difference. But it's also obviously a lot of money if you're starting investing to lose. So... Today, we want to try and set out, you know, where to put it and and what the risks are with each of the sort of various main areas. There are lots of ways that you can (laughs) invest it. So we're not saying what we're covering is the only ways, but they're the ways that we think uh, will give you the best return. Yeah, absolutely. What what I will do to start with is put um, a bit of a side note to this. Uh, But you said, yeah, a lot of people aim for that 1,000. It's nice and round. Um, But I think people should get in as soon as possible, even if it's just buying one stock. Even if it's going out and saying, fuck it, I'm just going to jump out and I'm going to buy a Facebook stock, for example. That's not advice. Um, and, <laughs> and buy that one stock for $200 Disclaimer. just so you're kind of in the market yep. and you're kind of getting used to that. Um, and it's a quote that I've been pondering for a while and it's, um, you know, before you do something great, do something. Because we always get caught up and we think, um, you know, oh, we need $10,000 before we start building an investment portfolio. Uh, we need to be running for, you know, 500 kilometers a week or whatever it is to be training and we get caught up with that fantasy whereas we don't start investing $200 or we don't start jogging for 20 minutes twice a week we always try to go to that end and sort of product um so if you haven't already i think just jumping in and, and getting involved um but in terms of the rest of the podcast that that nice thousand dollars that you've got ready to uh to invest uh we're going to give you some ideas on what you can do with that definitely and thanks, Phil. I've been saving for the last six months that thousand dollars. So you've literally just wasted six months of my life saving. Why well, wasn't I investing it before? I'm only kidding. I'm Don't only listen kidding. to anything. I can <laughs> listen to these podcasts. <laughs> no, that's all good. Um, so it, it is a nice round number, and yeah, Phil's absolutely right. Look, the same principles we're going to be talking about are the same principles that apply across any amount of money. But a thousand dollars is a nice way to work up towards something that's meaningful. Um, so you're putting a bit of real money on the line, so to speak. Yep. Uh, that always helps to focus the mind a bit. You know, I don't think anything should be for free. Neither should anything be particularly cheap. Um, when you're placing, you know, your real money on there, it can make a difference. So diving in, what we really want to do is just cover a couple of the main options that that you can undertake to invest. Probably the, the first one, equity traded funds, really big one. Exchange traded funds. Exchange traded funds. Thank (laughs) you. Sorry. Lucky on me. Lucky you're here. Yeah. (laughs) So exchange traded funds, really, really popular. Um, You know, that's just a collection of different assets. Again, if you want to get into, say, the top 500 companies in the US and you've got a thousand bucks, you're not going to get far because Amazon alone is $1,800. It's already out. Uh, An exchange traded fund, for example, um, particularly what's called the S&P 500, which tracks the top 500 companies in, in the US. If you go with the Vanguard option, I think it's around $200 to get involved in that. Okay. And that means that stock uh, will track exactly what the top 500 companies yeah. do. So that's exchange-traded funds in sort of a nutshell. So people like doing that. It's a sit and forget kind of method, um, which is 
yeah, probably an important consideration. You know, is this going to be the start of your portfolio, your legacy portfolio, yep. where you start with a thousand, a thousand, you contribute a hundred a month, you put windfalls in there, and then you're building it up to your six, seven figures, or is this just something that you kind of want to piss away and you can throw a thousand dollars and, and yep. be a bit more risky? Yep. Uh, there's no wrong or right answer. It depends on your personality and the, yeah. the stage of your life. You know, if you're 22 at the moment. Maybe you can put the thousand dollars on the next tech IPO and, and yep. hope that it's a two thousand percent increase. Uh, but if this is where you really want to get serious and, and focusing for long term growth, um, it's probably a decision that you need to make. And, and exchange traded funds are a pretty good way to get into the market. They give you good exposure. That's really good. So what cheeky investors about is this idea of we're not, you know, necessarily following what a lot of people tell you to do a lot of the financial advisors consultants will will generally go down the route of uh, etfs that's how a lot of them uh sort of structure their advice because it's there is a longer term element and that's very very important um i was reading quite recently an article um in one of the the sort of big online financial i think it was investor.com but um in there they they interviewed 22 financial professionals and they asked them what would you do if you were invested a thousand dollars? And I think it was around seventy eight percent said ETFs. So they looked at it as a long term investment. <laughs> which, hey, we absolutely get that, and that's is definitely out there. But we also want to talk about other ways that you can make money a little bit quicker because ETFs you will get a you know you will get a a good return from them. But there are ways to potentially get better returns. But as Phil points out, there is risks associated with that, and that's um, an interesting addition. When we wrap this up, we'll both say how we'd invest a thousand dollars ourselves. Yeah, give a bit of context. Oh no, definitely because that, that yeah. has you're right. Yeah. We, have to, we have to practice what we preach. We've spoken about that before. ETF, these professional guys. Yes, seventy eight percent. But that's that's the world. This is the thing. <laughs> this is me. the financial world. This is the thing. This is what we find, and <laughs> we, we've done a great podcast on. Um, the worst financial advice we've heard, which is uh, awesome because it covers this sort of stuff where unfortunately a lot of the advice people get is just put, <clears throat> excuse me, in Australia is put in the ASX 200, which will get you a return. And I, that can't be denied, but that return is is quite minor when compared to other other avenues that you can follow. So we're not saying it's it's a bad choice, but we're just saying there's other choices out Actually, there. Actually, it brings me to a very, um, it's not really <clears throat> relevant, but in terms of financial advisors, when I'm doing the, the education for it, they don't actually teach you how to value stocks. They teach you things like superannuation, retirement planning. Yeah, they right. teach about insurance. They teach about portfolio theory, about putting stocks together. But there wasn't a component that teaches you this is how you value a company. Now, that's for like your diploma and advanced diploma stuff. Um, it might be sort of an elective in your master's. Um, but that would probably make sense if... What, almost 80% are saying ETF because, yeah. um, as we've said before, ETFs for people that um, you know that don't want to undertake the education to yep. find better returns or if you don't have, it's not a priority. Yep. Um, but definitely if you've got that time and um, interest, then there's, there's certainly better ways to... There's, to there's other avenues which, which we'll sort of cover. Um, so the next one is just investing in a company. So it's investing in the stocks in a company. That's either through an IPO or, uh, you know, signing up to a platform, an investing platform, investing directly into a company. Yeah. Pluses and minuses to that, Phil? Yeah, so $1,000, It's for most people, I say most people, it's generally not going to break you. 
Um, you know, they talk about this diversification thing, and if you have $1,000 just put in one stock, that's not the end of the world. You know, the true diversification these guys talk about, you'd, you'd want to own, you know, 25 different stocks or whatever their ridiculousness yeah. is. It's about finding that one company that you ideally know well. Uh, we teach this in, in, in a program we've got coming up, the 10-Day Challenge. Yep. Um, but finding stocks that you know really well, uh, writing down your assumptions and just keeping an eye on that. So if you want to invest in Facebook, for an example, and you say it's because their new cryptocurrency is coming out, and I think that's a way of the future. Yep. And then three months from now, the crypto is a massive failure, and you invested based on that, then maybe that's a sort of the time to to get out. Get out. Yep. Yep. Very good. So yeah, um, that uh, there is opportunity uh, as well. That does probably need a little bit more education. I would suggest it's it's it is about understanding. What a, the worth of a company, the management structure, their their profit, their loss. There's, uh, we are going to get into this in other podcasts, and certainly there's a lot of information that we have on our website about this, about analyzing and in the various programs that we run about analyzing companies and understanding the value, the, the the true value of companies. So you do get into a little bit more of a of a, I suppose, a detailed um, assessment. Oh, yeah, I mean, sure. Equity trader funds kind of protect you because the 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 losses knock out the gains in some respects. So you're sort of you're sort of pulling even, so to speak. Yeah. But so yeah. so so to touch on that a bit more, you you'd want um what what I tell people is a everyday company with global appeal. Yep. And, and again, looking at your Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, Microsoft. Uh, Starbucks, McDonald's, those type of companies are global. Starbucks does, yep. Um, they're, um, yeah, they're part of a lot of people's daily lives. So they're the kind of first places I'd be looking at for investments, see if you can pick yeah. them up under value or if you can do a bit of technical analysis if, you, if you've got yeah. that skill. You, you're in a pretty comfortable position if you're going with those companies. I mean, barring a huge disaster, I'm guessing they're all going to be around in some form in the next sort of 10 to 15 years. You know, they're they're not companies that are likely to go. Uh, they're not sort of, uh, you know, unicorn tech stocks uh, with a company that's never actually made anything or never actually produced a service. These are proven companies. So they're, they're a good place to start and look at. You know, it doesn't all have to be high risk, but there's certainly more risk when you're obviously putting all your money into a into a single company. Yeah. Any losses can be magnified and any gains can be magnified. So, but certainly that's that's one of the avenues. And another one slightly off the investing, uh, we are allowed to do that every so often. <laughs> uh, um, and it's setting up a side business. Yeah. Side business can be great. Yeah. Can be a great I, return. Definitely. Um, yeah. Mainly because you can do a lot with $1,000 and the return's just based off, um, you know, your sort of sweat equity. Yep. You're just putting in the hard yards and, and building it. And I mean, uh, there's plenty of things you can start. E-commerce now, for, yep. like drop shipping, for example. You pick up a, a membership to um, Shopify for about 50 bucks a month. Oh, not even that. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, Nothing. Yeah. Yep. Contact a few suppliers um, yep. that you might like. So you can do that sort of locally. Yeah. Um, so I've seen people do that for like clothing. Uh, yep. Like Melbourne, um, they have designers that they're not available anywhere else. So someone's set up a website, they've contacted these designers and um, you don't actually hold any product. You just do the marketing and they yep. place an order. You take your percentage, you pay the supplier and then the supplier ships great. Slips of product. Finding a niche in, in drop shipping definitely, definitely yep. can work. can be great or in teaching. Um, so, you know, Phil started a lot of what he was doing um, and I did as well in, in sort of digital marketing training and things like that. So there's training platforms where you can create, put your money into teaching yourself the information and then setting up a, a you know, camera, setting up a, a mic, 
getting all that going, recording some training and putting it onto to platforms like Udemy. So yeah, there's lots of different avenues in that. And I think everyone something. has um, an education business in them. Yeah, I think everyone definitely. has either an area of expertise that they've obtained through work or just something they're so friggin' passionate about or they yeah. love so yeah. much uh, that they can provide value to other people. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, you, you like dogs or certain type of dogs, you can yep. teach people how to train them or what foods to eat or... Absolutely. Um, there's ni- musical instruments. Niches or niches and sub-niches. Sub there's yeah. absolutely, there's, there's a huge variety of people. Stuff. And there's so many things you wouldn't think of that people actually want to be want to learn you know that's yeah, all that's what you talked about it's incredible yeah. when you start looking through the likes of unity this specific sub 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 well, things that people, people are teaching in the world the chances of you being the only one that yeah that's right is, that is interested in yeah, yeah balloon craft with uh macrame or something i don't know with yeah paper mache, is, paper mache is a you know that's right so there's there's definitely the side business is something we're really passionate about and part of what you know we do cheeky investor it's obviously teaching people about investing but the whole point of that is that we want to get people getting themselves a situation where they're able to earn money. Now that could be money to eventually replace the salary, but you know, we also look at it as in it could be money to go on a holiday or spend a bit more time with your kids or, you know, buy that car that you wanted or buy that TV or whatever it may be. So uh, that really comes into side business as well. Investing, you sort of want to treat it like a business almost because that's you know the mindset you want to have going going forward, particularly if it's something you're doing um, in the evening and weekend. So we're huge advocates of any type of side business, be it shop, um, drop shipping or or education or um, anything like that. It's it's definitely a thousand dollars will go quite quite a long way in that as well. Oh, it's probably not as easy as investing, in fairness. Um, if you get if you get the education right with investing, um, I think you can your returns. It's much easier. It's much yeah in well, terms I mean, of the length of time with the you're spending. Investing, it, it's the ultimate um, quadrant for rich dad poor dad. Yes, he, he wants people to be in that I quadrant because you're giving your money away and someone else's work is really doing the hard, hard to get work. that return. Yep. Yeah, good point. I mean, it's the ultimate. It is it's yeah. the ultimate end game. Yeah, no, very good. So yeah, that, that's got a little bit of a different one. Um, another slightly different one, certainly in the Australian context, they don't seem as popular uh, as they are in other in other uh, in other countries. Is the uh, real estate investment trusts or REITs? They love real estate, but not necessarily the the A REITs, the Australian <laughs> real yeah. Um, so I know probably a lot of people will have heard of this through um, our our. Absolute favorite author um, and investor, the barefoot investor. <laughs> uh, that's tongue in cheek, by the way. Um, but yeah, the, the, that's something that he was sort of believed in quite a bit. He said, have a look into it. Aussies are addicted to property like, like they are in Ireland and the UK. And real estate investment trusts are a great way to get people into the into property investing where they don't have very much like ETFs, I suppose, or an equivalent to where yeah. they don't have the funds to, to buy a building, um, you know, or, 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 or sort of bricks and mortar. You become part of a group of people that own generally it's a collection of buildings. Um, uh, and so, yeah, that's something that um, there are. Uh, individual trusts that are listed on the asx 200 so there are reits that are on there you can you can search up and have a look um and they do everything from industrial to commercial to to resi uh i know west, some, westfield is one um, some killer returns with a reits i'm talking some are like nine to ten percent just in income yeah because they're constantly they're rented out you know most commercial leases sort of start i think at like a five by five 
yeah. um, option and then, you know, you get some up to 10. Yeah, yeah. And they're locked in, providing the, the business that they put in there is um, doing well. And most of this stuff's blue chip companies. Like, I remember my superannuation had invested in a REIT and I had a look. And it was actually, I was on the Central Coast at the time and it was um, part of the shopping centre, Erin Affair down there. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. Owned, um, yeah. Yeah, owned okay. So you're getting blue chip companies in there. Um, and then, of course, you've got the other side where if the capital appreciation, if the building and that actually goes yes. up. Yep. Um, actually, side note, sort of. Yep. Um, apparently, that's how Harvey Norman's kept its value so well. Yeah, I've heard that. Because they own they the own actual the, real the estate. Yep. So something that's getting absolutely hammered in, in terms of retail. And I don't, I don't think I've ever been to Harvey Norman online, to be honest. I haven't been online, but I've been to it has a, I've been to their stores. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Well, yeah, uh, but yeah, because the property value keeps going up, the actual asset. Correct on paper, there the absolutely. And I, yeah. I've heard exactly that that same thing. That's where um, Dick Smiths failed uh, because they didn't own the buildings in which they were in. They were yeah. all leased. That was their structure. That, of course, is how McDonald's made money. Uh, really made money. I think that has to be one of the best financial strategies I've ever heard. Yeah, what, owning the business you work in or own, owning, sorry, owning, owning the, real the, the real estate, yeah. Like, I don't know if you've seen the founder, but the moment that he tells Ray Kroc, because he's it, Ray Kroc's sitting there running his numbers. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, this isn't adding up. Well, I'm not, walking yeah. away with half a percent. How are we going to make money selling burgers? And the advisor's yeah. like, own the real estate. Yep, rent it back out. Perfect. That is just absolute genius. And it has led to McDonald's being, I think they're one of the, one of the largest um, <laughs> real estate owners <laughs> in the world. Yeah, yeah. there's, uh, there's, I think... Um, the Queen, technically, the Queen of England, you know, is, is the top one only by stint of her having technical control over the Dominion. Uh, but yeah, 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 certainly in yeah. terms of private companies, I don't think there's anything that beats. There's actually beats a strong McDonald's. correlation between a McDonald's um, being established somewhere and the property prices afterwards. Oh, okay. It's a really cool technique. I started doing, I wanted to do an extensive research. I think I got to two places and then. Um, got bored because I'm not a huge property fan. Uh, but in those two places, um, the, the property prices went up 30% in the following two years. Wow. Because you've got to think, these guys, um, they're going to nail their location. They're going to have the best teams go out and analyse the property market. Yeah. Uh, they, they need population growth. They need population sustainability. They need good employment. They need yeah, right. economic factors. And you just leverage off their work. That's really interesting. I was, yeah, it's something that I haven't even sort of thought to look at. Um, certainly, I've never known a McDonald's to shut down, which just tells no. you how successful their model is, yeah. uh, unlike other models necessarily out there. Um, you know, Starbucks, for example. Uh, yeah, McDonald's only seems to be, in every country it's in, only seems to be going from strength to strength. The only time where there are issues is in countries where the government decide to um you know sort of uh minimize or or restrict uh, the growth of the company other than that yeah they've i've never known an unsuccessful mcdonald's so yeah, yeah. it's an interesting it's very, very good point um and that's you know a reason we're not saying mcdonald's you're gonna be able to get in there but certainly some things to look out for when you're when you're researching a reads is what sort of businesses and um, you mentioned Aaron affair so i know the likes of westfield are up there um they're obviously a very reliable blue chip company in Australia. Office spaces terms. are popular. Um, oh yeah, office spaces. Office um, you know, shopping centres in general. Um, you know, I think Australia is unlikely to suffer the same way that the US has in terms of their malls. As you know, there's a big sway the mall shutting down. Um, and ironically, they're being bought out by the likes of Amazon because of their size and their location to intersections. But yeah. Australia's res more restrictive planning controls have meant there isn't that same dearth of shopping malls that have been constructed in the US. So, you know, have a look at what is the mix? Is it a good mix? You know, is it, if it's only in one field, 
if it's only residential, you're going to risk problems such as you know we're having now is a bit of a reduction in house prices. And um, the other thing, the other thing to be aware of with with a REITs is um, how much debt is 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 that that management company the, the REIT taking on. So you'll find it with a lot of property companies, obviously that there's a cycle. It's it's a three to four year development cycle before they start seeing returns. So they tend to load up debt in those three to four years because they have to build what they're building and then you start to get a return. Absolutely. They'll be building crazy because they know the upswing is going to come. But in terms of your return, you'll be getting less returns because they're loading up on debt. They're not actually making money. They're they're spending money in effect. So there's that sort of just to think about how that cycle is going to work out and if that's going to be an impact down the line, potentially if they rack up too much debt, they then have to start selling some of their um, their property, some of their assets, because they they have to pay it back, and then you, you see you see a diminished return. But you know, look in general, there's a couple, there's about a handful of, of very blue chip REITs out there, and yeah. yeah, a lot of people, you know, as you pointed out at the beginning, uh, property is a real hot topic in Australia. Everyone loves property. Um, it's a great way to diversify your portfolio. I don't think I'd have it as the only thing of a thousand dollars, in all honesty, but I think it's certainly a really valuable um, potential return that you can get from it. Yeah, they're quite good. Quite enjoy rates actually. Not a yeah. huge real estate fan, but um, I do like those because yeah, it just makes sense. Yep. And um, the final one uh, is again slightly off topic. It's education. Ah, uh, the I was, I was thinking that the other day how much I've spent on self education. It's probably sixty thousand dollars, including a, a university degree in there. Yep. Um, it's just something that you keep doing every year and it's probably paid the best dividends out of anything else. So that's whether you're finding a qualification to, um, you know, whether you go into a leadership or management type position and you get a pay rise or whether it's just unaccredited education, you know, spending 500 bucks on how to do a Facebook advertising yep. course to, to boost your side hustle, for example. Um, or, you know, checking out maybe some of our classes <laughs> where you can... Yeah. Uh, Cheeky plug. Drop them in, drop them in. <laughs> uh, you know, checking out our masterclass or, um, you know, our 10-day challenge and, and educating yourself that way. And those, yeah, those investments, educating yourself. I was saying education and health, the two areas that I unlimitedly spend, mm. spend unlimitlessly. Lucky I'm not the uh, cheeky English teacher because yeah, that was just disgraceful. <laughs> I still I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> When it comes to unlimitlessly, <laughs> unlimitlessly, unlimitlessly, I don't even know what that is. Uh, yeah. But yeah, unlimited amounts of money I, I spend on education and health because they're important. They're, they're vital, and anyone in business, if you are passionate about improving your financial situation, you have to improve other aspects of your life. And if you, um, you know, have a look at the very successful people, uh, and you know, I think there's, it's always worth looking at successful people as opposed to looking at you know what your neighbor's doing because you know likely is they're not going to be as successful as some of the most (laughs) successful people in the world and almost without fail they will say education is absolutely key from oprah winfrey to richard branson to ted turner to elon musk uh you know all of these people to uh kerry packer you know all of these people appreciated that in 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 different ways and aspects education bettering yourself spreading your mind is is vital a thousand dollars would go a long way um to improving your investor knowledge for example even if it's a few udemy courses and something even if it's a few few udemy courses you know yeah even you know (laughs) again not to plug our course there are other ones out there but we're really passionate about uh, uh, teaching and educating, and you know, we think we've got a great course. You know, our our course is a couple of hundred, so there's there's so many opportunities. So, 
actually, you know, we'll, we'll answer the question of what we'd invest in, but, <laughs> but I, I think it's fair to say for both of us, education would be would be something oh, pretty, we'll put pretty high up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, true. We probably should put that aside because, yeah, you know, particularly at that growing stage of of who you are and, and you know and, and your your investing sort of ability education is going to make the difference you'll end up losing so much more if you don't do it that's the oh, truth sure um it, it never works out pretty if you're trying to you know it's far it's far cheaper to pay someone else who's um, knowledgeable in that field and and is, is good good at teaching to teach you things than it is for you to learn those mistakes because you'll get frustrated you get angry and you lose a lot more money so Education is definitely top of the list. I don't think we can include that in our investing <laughs> thing, but it's definitely an incredibly important part of 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 uh, making money. And so, if you had a thousand dollars, yeah, geez, that'd go a long way to 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 teaching you a huge amount about investing. So, um, nearly running out of time. Yeah, you've had all this time to think, Phil. <laughs> give us your uh, the thousand marks. Give us your pie chart. All right. And- uh, Keep it fairly light. um, Keep it very light. Okay, so outside of a return plane ticket somewhere, which would be freaking (laughs) awesome. Around the world. Uh, Do you get around the world with a thousand? You probably would, actually. You could get to Europe and back. On plane, you could get to Europe and back. Oh, even... It'd be touch and go. It'd be touch and go. I'd probably go to, like, Japan, actually. But anyway, anyway. Yeah. uh, Disney, I think... uh, Disney's a really interesting stock, yep. particularly with their streaming. I think they've got a good future. They're about 130 bucks at the moment. Yep. Um, I loaded up on Netflix. I didn't love Netflix. I can't believe people didn't get onto that. At every point, net, people told me Netflix was too expensive. But anyway, yep. um, Disney or um, the Airbnb IPO. That's going to be really interesting. Mm. I'll, I'll do some coverage on that. I think those guys. I think, we need to. Yeah. I think those guys hit the yeah the market dominant. What about you? Where's your thousand dollars going? I like that. Um, I actually genuinely Airbnb was the one that stuck out to me. I really like it. We've talked about companies ticking boxes. They tick all the boxes. Yeah. Uh, I think it's that's a really exciting IPO. So I'd certainly put a probably about a third oh, into Airbnb. No, we're not going. Si- no, we're not going single. We're not. No, no, we can, we can, no, no, no. no. Oh, God. That's not what it's about. And you can come up with your own strategy. All right. So about a third into that, I'd, I'd probably put, um, I actually think if we're talking about investing again, um, something like Afterpay, particularly because it's it's an Australian company that has the potential to go global. So at the minute, potentially it's very undervalued because once it goes global, it will explode. If it gets into Asia. Oh, it's massive. I mean, yeah, even yeah. Europe, anywhere, you know. Uh, the US. I mean, there's just so much of it. Let's not take it in Europe. Those guys have got enough debt. Yeah, well, true, Let's... actually. I, I, you know, I said that. I was thinking, well, no, they, they want you to use Afterpay. Everyone, yeah. But I do think that's another one where I'd put another, probably about another third into there. And then I actually quite like the REITs. I'd, I'd look at a I'd look at a, a solid A REIT and I'd, I'd definitely look at investing in them. I like property. Um, my background is property. Um, and I just, I just think there's always going to be growth. There's always a need for for property, for houses, for business, you know, um, there's cycles and there's swings, but you know, overall, and you always get pretty good growth, and it tends to be consistently higher than 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 anywhere else. So, for me, I'd go with two, yeah, two individual stocks and a, and a REIT. Um, so that'd be my mix. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope we hope that's given you some sort of guidance um, for that initial amount of money. We know we've learned a little bit, and I'm going to take that ideas and probably put them into play now, um, mm-hmm. particularly the IPO. We'll, we'll definitely be covering Airbnb because I know that's already top on the cover. Don't forget, uh, we're on 
cheekyinvestor.com online there's lots of other information we've got our blogs all these podcasts go there we're also on facebook and linkedin um you can sign up to our um subscriber list for our uh, for, for a weekly uh, renegade wealth email list which phil tell us a little bit about that yeah it's uh, just an exclusive email i send out to people you don't get it anywhere else um sort of online it's not blog posts it's just my um, random renegade thoughts on, um, you know, investing, making money and, um, you know, a bit of personal development stuff that I've experienced as well. So, um, yeah, just something a little bit different, a little bit more personal. Awesome. So make sure to sign up in there. It's in our podcast list. And don't forget, we'll be launching, uh, releasing podcasts pretty regularly. So also follow us on Spotify or whatever podcast service you're using. And I hope to, to see you next time. Catch you later, guys.